Hey, this is Pastor Matt Zola from Fern Creek Christian Church. So glad you're able to tune in with us today. Hey, while you're on your phone, why don't you follow us on social media at Fern Creek CC on Facebook and Instagram and download the Fern Creek Christian Church app today because we want to stay connected with you throughout your week. We hope this message encourages you to become a better follower of Jesus. So without further ado, here's the message. Well, hey, good morning, Fern Creek. It is great to see you. Thanks for sharing your weekend with us. Um, I have had this sermon series circled on my calendar all year. Can't wait to unpack the next four weeks. It's gonna be critically important. This series is called Solid. And what we're gonna be doing is we're gonna be putting our foot in the pool of a, of a field of study called apologetics. Apologetics. Apologetics comes from a fancy Greek word called apologia. Apologia. Now that word was what the Greeks used to describe what took place in a, in a classic courtroom setting. An apologist or an apologist was a, a defending attorney. It was someone who was attempting to explain why the charges weren't true. It was a, a defense, a well thought out defense. And we practice apologetics all the time today. If you have teenagers, they try to defend themselves nonstop, right? Like let's say they're running late for curfew. They break curfew and you catch them trying to sneak in the house at 1.30 and you're like, all right, what's the deal? And they begin to explain, well, mom, ma'am, you wouldn't believe it. Like, like Jenny lost her retainer in a dumpster. Um, we stopped to serve at a late night food kitchen. We thought a UFO was following us. What are they doing? They're practicing apologetics. They're trying to defend themselves. Not a well thought out apologetic, not a believable apologetic, but again, this attempt to defend what's going on in their life. Apologetics is something that um, really we're all called to. Look at what Peter says. Look at 1 Peter 3.15. He tells every Christian, he says, in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Now watch this. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. That's apologetics. So anytime someone asks you, why are you a Christian? Why do you believe that? You're to be prepared to give a defense. You're prepared to give an answer. But watch how he says we're to do this. But do this with gentleness. Do it with respect. Keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So friends, listen, you and I are called to apologetics. We are to defend the faith. It's not your mama's job to defend your faith. It's not your grandpa's job. It's not your preacher's job to defend your faith. You and I are called to be men and women who understand what we believe and why we believe it, and we're to be ready if someone were to call on us. Now, how we're to do that again? In an attitude of gentleness and respect. I want to take the pressure off of you when it comes to defending your faith. You and I are not called to win anyone. That's not my job. My job is not to, to try to engage with someone to guilt them or shame them or prove to them how I'm right and to, and to, and to force them into you know, believing what I believe. is. That's not my job. I can't win anyone. It's the Holy Spirit's job to eliminate. It's the Holy Spirit's job to open eyes and open minds and open hearts. I'm just to be a tool 
Now, I want to be the sharpest tool that I can be for the Holy Spirit, but my job is just to give the reason for the hope that I have. My job is, is again, not to prove, not to convince, not to, not, not, not to win anybody. So, so as we talk about apologetics, I want you to take that pressure off of yourself. Just be prepared to, to give a reason for the hope that you have. Now, now, that can be very influential in the life of other people. But here's the other thing that apologetics does is it, it, it not only helps us to maybe help someone else, but really what it does is it builds a protective wall around us. Apologetics is for us. Knowing why I believe what I believe really helps me. I, I remember going to Africa uh, about 12 years ago and, and I got with a missionary. He said, let's go visit some church planters out in the bush. And so, man, we're driving through the bush of Africa. You've not lived until you've chased giraffes in a little four by four, right? They're running, right? And we get, like, there's no, G no roads. We're going by GPS. And we pull into this little church planter's house and he greets us and he's waving and he has this rope and, and, and around his little hut are these, these sticks. He's like, 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 like a fence around his little hut. And, and they're acacia branches that have thorns on them about that big. So he stacks all of these little little branches with these thorns and he makes a fence around his little hut. And, and as, you know, we're, we're, he doesn't have room for us to sleep, so we're gonna sleep out under the stars in this little little fenced-in area. And I'm like, well, what is, what is the fence for? And he says, to keep the lions out. <laughs> and I laugh, <laughs> he's not laughing. That's the truth. And, and like in the middle of the night, I'm not kidding you, I heard a lion roar about 15 feet away. And I'm praying, Lord, hope, I hope that fence holds, right? But that, that, was, that was the barrier of protect. That was the wall of protection that kept us safe. And that's what apologetics does. That's why it's so important for you to know why you believe what, what you believe. Because it protects you. Right, so when someone comes along and they say, the Bible has no basis in history, you can say, no, that's not right, and here's why. When someone comes along and says, Jesus was just a made-up character, he's a myth, you can say, no, that's not right, and here's why. When someone says, evolution is proven scientific fact, no, no, that's not right, and here's why. See, apologetics helps us sleep well at night. So as we unpack the next several weeks, how can I prove there's a God? We're going to do that next week. How do I know that he created and we didn't evolve? We're gonna, that's, 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 that's in a couple weeks. How do I know the Bible's true? But as we unpack all of that, we, we've got to start today uh, with, a, with really a preliminary, and that's truth. We've got to talk about truth. Because we live in a world that has no idea what we're, we're being told today. Up is down and down is up. I mean, black is white, white is black. We've we got to start with what is truth and can truth be known? So truth, let's just talk about truth for a second. Truth is something we all depend on. It's something we want. You want your bank to be truthful about what's in your account. If you go to court, you want the justice system to be truthful. You want the police to be truthful. You want your doctor to be truthful. Let's say you go to the doctor, you're having a pain, and you go in and you got, doctor, I've got this pain, and it's just crippling me, and they run some tests. And the doctor comes out to you and he says, I've got some really horrible news. You've got Ebola. <laughs> you know, what's Ebola? Well, it's uncurable. You're going to die a horrific death. Blood will pour out of every orifice in your body. I'm so sorry. God's peace. And you sit there and you go, I got Ebola. I can't believe it. I can't believe this is true. And you run out of the office. 
And the nurse who was in there the whole time looks at the doctor and says, well, that's horrible. And the doctor kind of chuckles. And he says, well, it's totally not true. He didn't have Ebola. He just has indigestion. But I'll let him figure that out later. You, you, how horrible would that be to go to a doctor who didn't tell you the truth? You, you and I want truth. We depend on truth. So the question becomes, what is truth? If we want it, like what is it? Well, that's where the wheels fall off. Because we live in this postmodern world that teaches us something that's totally untrue about truth. There are two camps when it comes to truth. Let me, let me show you what the two camps are today. Uh, the first camp can be illustrated by this picture. Take a look at this picture. Turn to your neighbor and do we have, do we have a picture? Yeah, what, what, what was that a picture of? Turn to your neighbor and tell, what do you, what do you see there? Right. Here's what some people would say. Some people will look at that kind of picture and they'd say, oh, I know what that is. That's the emotion of anger. I see anger. And then another person standing right next to him can say, oh, I see a jackrabbit skiing in Aspen. <laughs> and another person would say, I see a polar bear on a pogo stick. And all three of them go, yeah, yeah. Well, what, whatever you see is what it is. And, and a person could look at that picture and say it's a jackrabbit, you know, snow skiing in Aspen, come back the next day and go, well, you know what? Now I see, now I see a turtle crossing the street. Uh, and you say, well, wh which is it? And they say, well, it's both. Like I see it like I see it and how I see it can change from situation to situation. So, so this, is, this is the group that says truth is relative. Doesn't matter what, there is no truth. It's like you make your truth, you speak your truth, and what's true for you is the truth, right? And another person can, can have another truth, but that's, that's legitimate and valid as well. So, so relative truth people say, listen, there are no absolutes. There is no authority for deciding what is right and what is wrong. It's up to the individual to have the authority to determine what's right and what's wrong. Have you heard this phrase? It's crazy, this is a brand new phrase that I keep hearing over and over again, my truth. Have you heard this? Well, that's my truth. Well, the funny thing about that phrase is we used to say that was my opinion, right? It used to be, well, my opinion, but now it's not my opinion, it's my truth. And I go, well, why is that? Because when we said my opinion, people could disagree with us. But now when you say my truth, you can't disagree with me because my truth is the truth. And it's crazy this whole relative truth kind of camp that exists because it makes no sense. Relative truth is utter foolishness and it doesn't work and let me prove it to you. If you believe that truth is relative, that there are no absolutes, that there is no truth, try this out. If you're in college, try this out. On your next exam, cheat. Yeah, just go ahead and cheat. If you're writing a paper, plagiarize the snot out of it and don't give any credit to anybody, right? And when your professor calls you in, when your professor catches you for cheating or catches you for plagiarizing and says, you cheated, you plagiarized, you just go, yes, I did. Well, well, that's not right. You say, well, wait a minute, that's your truth. My truth is cheating is fine. My truth is plagiarizing is just fine. And you've gotta honor my truth, you've gotta you, you gotta adhere to my truth. How's that gonna work for you? Like a pregnant pole vaulter. It's just not gonna, gonna be good, right? <laughs> it's not gonna work, right? That truth cannot be relative in that sense, right? Or try this out, try this out. Next time you're going 90 on the gene, because I know some of you do that, right? You're going 90 on the gene, police officer pulls you over and says, do you know how fast you were going? You go, yeah, absolutely, 90. 
Well, the speed limit was 65. Try this one out. That was true for you, but it wasn't true for me. You think you're gonna get out of the ticket? No, you're going to jail, right? I mean, that's, that's just truth. There can't be relative truth. It might be philosophical brain candy, but you and I can't live in a world of relative truth. So the next time someone says, there are no absolutes, you say, are you absolutely sure about that? Because <laughs> a person who says there are no absolutes is being absolute. Right? Next time someone says, well, there's no such thing as truth, you say, is that true? <laughs> I mean, if it's true that there's no such thing as truth, then that was a truth and you just proved you're an idiot, <laughs> right? Someone says, truth can't be known. Well, how do you know? How do you know? Sounds like you know that truth can't be known, so that's the truth, so how do you know it can't be known? You see, it's impossible. Relative truth makes no sense. It's a cop-out. You can't live in a world of relative truth. So friends, listen to me. Truth is not relative. There's only one kind of truth, and that's just truth. That's just, let, 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 me show you, let me show you how this works with the picture. So in relative truth, people would look at the picture, and they say, well, I see, or I want. Here's a person that's relative, right? Here's a person that's just a truth teller. Person who's a truth teller looks at that and says, that looks like a box of crayons that threw up, right? That's just a whole bunch of colors mixed together. My third grader could do it. I'm not gonna call it like I see it. I'm not gonna call it like I want it. I'm just gonna call it like it is. And when it comes to truth, there's just truth. Listen to what the word of God says, Psalm 31, five. Into your hands I commit my spirit, redeem me, O God, O Lord, the God of what? Truth. God is defined as truth. God is truth, right? Look at Psalm 119, 160. All your words are true. All your righteous laws are eternal. Listen to what Jesus said about the truth. John 8, 32. Then you will know a truth. Did he say a no, he said, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus didn't say there were one, two, three, four, five, six kinds of truth. He said there was one truth, there's the truth and it can be known. And when you know it, I mean, it'll change your life. Now, you know that there is truth because there are errors. There are er because there's an error, ask anybody. Are there errors in the world? Like, are there lies? Are there delusions? I think everyone would say, well, yeah, there's errors, there's lies, there's delusions. Well, if errors exist, then they can only exist because there's an objective order. There is a truth for which the error is judged. And for people who say there is no truth, then say, well, would you trade me your real diamond for this cubic zirconium? Well, no, I won't do that. Well, why? Because one is false and the other is true. Now, when someone says something is true, that doesn't mean it's true. Just because someone says, well, that's not true, doesn't mean that it's not true. So if there is absolute truth, how do we know it? Well, there are four rules, four rules to determine absolute truth. Let me give them to you. Number one, Truth is discovered, not invented. Truth exists outside of you and me. Truth sits outside of us. No one invented gravity. It was just discovered. 
No one invented the Nile is the longest river in Africa. No, it just was. No one invented humans are created equal. Man, truth is outside of us. It doesn't depend on us. It's discovered, not invented. So that means that human emotion, um, human logic doesn't make something true. Political correctness doesn't make something true. Kim Kardashian doesn't make something true. Truth is not made. Truth is totally discovered. It's always been there. Here's the second thing about truth. Again, it's absolute. There is no relative. All truth is absolute. If something is true, it's true for all people in all places at all times. Listen, one plus one equals two has always been true. It's true for everyone, every place, everywhere, every time. New math can't even change that, right? So it's absolute. Now, I wake up one day and I say, you know what? I'm not feeling very deuces, you know, like, like deuces. I don't, want, I, want, I don't want deuces today. I want one plus one to equal three. Well, it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what I believe. One plus one is always two, no matter what I think or what I believe. It's absolute. Here's the third law of truth. It's non-contradictory. Truth is non-contradictory. Truth will never violate the basic law of logic. The law of non-contradiction states that non-contradictory claims cannot be true at the same time in the same sense. Let me illustrate. The law of non-contradiction. You're out at dinner and you look over and you see uh, a couple of friends, a husband and a wife. And you've heard, you've heard something about that couple and you want to find out. So you walk over to the table and you say, hey, is it true that you guys are pregnant? And at the same time, they each answer. She says yes and he says no. You don't go, well, that clears it all up for me. Have a nice dinner. <laughs> no, they just contradicted one another. They, they both can't be right. Now, now, maybe they misunderstood the question. <laughs> Maybe she didn't tell him. Maybe there's something else going on. But, but they, again, contradictory claims, you know, they, they both can't be right. So the law of non-contradiction states opposite ideas cannot both be true at the same time in the same sense. For, for another, for example, Christianity teaches Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. The Quran says Jesus never died. Contradictory claims. They both can't be right. One's right, one's wrong. They both may be wrong, but they both can't be right. So if something is true, it's not going to contradict the basic laws of logic. Here's the fourth law of truth. It's unchanging. You know, for a long, long time, people all over the world believed that the world was flat. I mean, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, people taught this. They believed that. Different races, different languages. The world is flat. You go sail right off and fall off the edge. And when science unpacked, no, it's not flat. It's round. It wasn't like we discovered a brand new truth. Look at this new, no. The world was always round. So again, truth has nothing to do with what we feel what we think, what pop culture says, belief, feelings, thoughts don't make something true. And, and, and this is so important for you and I to know because I hear it all the time. But Craig, they're such nice people. 
But Craig, the majority of the world says it doesn't matter what they think. Doesn't matter what they say. Doesn't matter how they feel. Let me illustrate. <clears throat> I can want like nobody's business to fly. I, I want to fly. I believe I can fly. I want, you know, somebody wrote a song even saying they could believe they could fly, right? So I mean, I want to be able to do that. And then I can meet with Joel Olstein personally. And Joel Olstein can tell me, you can fly. <laughs> you are light. You are strong. You just speak it into it. Did I'm not doing a good job, you know. You can just, just speak it. Victoria and I can fly. You just speak it. Just speak it into existence. And I can be like, yeah, Joel Osteen even says I can fly. And I go off to the edge of the building, believing all that positivity, thinking I can do it, believing, having people speak into my life, I can do it. I step off of a building. What am I not going to be able to do? Yeah, it doesn't matter what I believe. It doesn't matter what people tell me. That's not the truth. So an arrogant bold, very loud person who argues that a triangle can be fashioned with four lines doesn't make it true just because he's loud, bold, and arrogant. No, it's not true. You can't do that. A quiet, gentle, humble woman who believes she's an eagle. Do you know, like I had to Google this. Do you know there are people who literally believe they're animals. They really do. They're called furries. They believe, they don't have personas, they have fursonas. I'm not making it up. Like they, and they're, you know, again, but they're good people and they, they really believe. I don't care what they believe or how good they think they are. Just because you're quiet and gentle and humble doesn't mean you're an eagle. Does it mean you're a lion? So it's not, this is, what I'm, this is where I'm getting at. Hang with me. It is not intolerant to say a triangle can't have four lines. That's true. It's not intolerant to say a human being can't fly. That's true. So it is not intolerant to say a man cannot be a woman. It's just true, no matter what people think, no matter what people say, no matter what people believe. It's not intolerant, it's just true. So, so listen, listen, there is truth. There is truth, and those four laws are what guide and what, what direct truth. And the question becomes, okay, so if there's truth, where does it come from? So not only do we gotta get to this point where we, where we can defend this thing called truth, there is no uh, relative truth, it's all absolute. Where does it come from? That's the question. And the word of God answers this. Look at John 14, six. You've heard this passage if you're in church for a long time, but listen and look at it with a fresh set of lenses. Jesus said, I am a way. No, he, he said, I am the way. I am a truth. No, no, no. He said he was the truth. And I am the life. There is nothing relative about what he said. Now, what he said is either the truth or it's not the truth. You can't put him in this Gandhi-like moral good person. No. He said he was the way, there are no other ways. He said he was the truth. There is no other truth but him. 
And he said he was the life. Look at John 18, 37. Jesus said, I was born. I came into the world to testify to the truth. And all who love the truth recognize what I say is true. Friend, Jesus talked a lot about truth. I mean, even in the commandments, God said, don't lie because he's the God of truth. Truth matters. Truth can be known. And truth builds this hedge of protection around us. Truth comes from God. And you and I, when we understand that, it protects us. Man, it, we, it's a foundation for us to stand on, but you gotta, yield to the, you gotta yield to that. The truth comes from God. And most of the world doesn't wanna yield to that. Most of the world will refuse to say truth comes from God. And let me tell you why it does that. Well, let me let, let, me let Paul tell you why. Paul writes to a young preacher called, named Timothy, and listen to what Paul tells Timothy. He says, the time's gonna come when men will not put up with sound doctrine, instead to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears wanna hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and they will turn aside and they will follow myth. Now he said, it's almost like he's writing to us today. The world doesn't wanna hear the truth. Now why? They don't want to hear it because it's not true? No. They want to follow their own desires. The world doesn't want to know that truth comes from God because if truth comes from God, you got to follow what God says. You got to change your behavior. You got to change your speech. You got to change the way you live. We don't want to do that, so we're going to invent our own truth. When you read the Bible, you're reading the words of truth, not a truth. The Bible's not just a book. It's not just a way of living. And there's other ways of, no, you're reading the words of God. You're reading the truth of God. And I'm just telling you, when you read that Bible, there are gonna be things in there you don't like. There are gonna be things in there you're like, I just don't know if I agree. I just don't. And, I, and let me just tell you, when you come to something in the Bible that maybe agitates you a little bit or something in the Bible you don't really think ought to be there, let me, with all gentleness, let, 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 me, let me explain that to you. So, so when you come across that line you don't like or remember, remember this, God doesn't care. <laughs> I, I know that probably wasn't as gentle as I could have said it, right? But, but do you honestly think God was laying out truth and he actually thought, well, you know, Craig might not like this, so I don't know if I'm gonna say it that way. He didn't care about what I say or what I think. It's the truth. And all truth comes from him. So he's got, he's got rights on, on how truth works. So, so that's been the struggle. Is there absolute truth? Absolute tr truth is always absolute. Where does it come from? Well, it comes from the maker. It comes from the creator. And that's always been the struggle. See, we, we look around today. We go, oh, the world's going to hell and it's so bad. And it's always been going to hell. It's always been bad. It's not getting any worse. It's just always been bad. Let, 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 me, let me illustrate. In the Old Testament, God would tell his people, <laughs> he would say, now listen, I'm the only God. There are no other gods, so don't worship what's not there. Don't, don't pray to some idol, to some other, there is no other God. I'm the only God, so don't worship any other pretend gods. Worship me and worship me alone. And the people always struggled with that. 
People are like, well, maybe there is another God. Maybe we should. And God's like, no, there aren't. Stop doing it. So idolatry was a big deal to God. And there was a group of Jews who went back to Egypt, who didn't want to go to the promised land. And there was a group of Jews who went back to Egypt and, and God told the prophet Jeremiah, he said, I want you to send a letter to those people because man, they are worshiping other gods and that's ticking me off. And you tell them to knock it off because there are no other gods. If they don't stop, I'm gonna come and I'm gonna, I'm gonna discipline them. So Jeremiah writes to him, he says, man, God, you know, this is serious, man. You're, you're worshiping these idols. Other gods don't exist. God says to worship him and worship him alone. If you don't knock it off, he's gonna come and he's gonna discipline you. And in Jeremiah 44, 16, the people write back. These, this group of Jews writes back to him. And listen to what they say. Look at verse 16. We will not listen to your messages from the Lord. We will do whatever we want. We will burn incense. We'll pour out liquid offerings to the queen of heaven just as much as we like, just as we and our ancestors and our kings and our officials have always done in the towns of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem. And what they're saying, you know, we, we think this whole uh, feminine God thing is a new thing. No, people have called God she for eons. And people have been worshiping the mother, the mother God and the goddess of the, of the skies. And we're gonna worship her. We don't care what you say. We're gonna do what we want. And they go on to tell Jeremiah, when we pray to the goddess mother, when we offer up incense to the goddess mother, she hears us and she protects us. And we have, we've had plenty to eat and peace has been on our borders. And so look, she has provided for us. And then there came a time when we stopped doing that and you know what happened, Jeremiah, when we stopped doing that? Man, we didn't have much to eat. And we, we had war on our borders and we got sick. So, we, so look, like, like she is protected. So we gotta get back to praying to her and to worship her. And Jeremiah says, you stupid people. Your life is not a wreck because you stopped praying to her. Your life is a wreck because God is disciplining you. That is the truth of the matter. There is no mother goddess that hears you. It's God's discipline. Truth comes from God. Whether you like it or whether you not, you don't. It, it comes from God. People say, well, I should be able to define truth. No. Look at what Proverbs 14, 12 says. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Have you ever been wrong? <laughs> Maybe coming to church today you were, right? I mean, if it's up to me to define what truth is, woe to the world, because I'm wrong a lot. When I was in high school, I had a friend, and we, we were gonna spend the night, and he had a great idea. He said, let's get a case of 50 White Castles. And let's go back to your place and let's, let's split them. Let's eat 50 White Castles, 25 apiece. It sounded like a really good idea. And man, it was fun for a while. We stayed up and we were partying, toasting hamburger buns. Man, we 25 sliders a piece. And it was great till about 9 a.m. And at 9 a.m., man, I saw visions. I saw things. It was horrible, man. And you know, you know what we didn't do like after, after all that ran its course? You know what we didn't do? We didn't say, you know what? Tonight, let's do it again. <laughs> that, that, it hadn't happened for 35, 40 years, man. I learned my lesson. I, what we thought, what we felt wasn't right, wasn't good, should never be repeated, right? 
And when you look at our world, when we're depending on ourselves to be the guardians and the creators of truth, look at what that's gotten us. Today is September the 11th. As I was driving into church this morning, I wept because I remember where I was. I was holding Emma. One year old, I was holding her, watching these buildings collapse. Evil is real. And I thought to myself, God, what has become of this land? And then what happened in the weeks and the months to come was shocking to me. We turned to God. We looked up. And we came together. And there was this, this idea that, that evil is real and right is right and wrong is wrong. But that was so short-lived. And now we've fallen back into this there is no truth and you be the guardian of truth and you say what you want, you say what you want, it's my truth. And, and we, we've turned, we've just turned back. And, and it's like, God have mercy on us. And I'm just here today to tell you, we can't, we gotta get back. There is absolute truth and it comes from one person, God. And you and I don't need to apologize Again, it's not my job to cram it down anybody's throat. It's not my job to even convince you of that. It's just my job to believe what I believe, why I believe it, and I'm just gonna share it with you. But I'm just telling you, when you grab on to absolute truth, and you grab on, so again, when you read your Bible, and you come across something that you might not agree with, you just have gotta say, that, God, that's your truth. I don't get it, I don't understand it, but I stand on it. And I will speak that truth in love, no matter what cost comes my way. Because God, I can't slice your Bible up. I can't determine what is true and what is not because then I just shred the whole thing. I mean, if I can do that to the Bible, how, how do I know that there's a heaven? How do I know Jesus really rose from the dead? I, no, all your word is truth. And so friends, listen, man, stand on the eternal truth. Stand on absolute truth. Stand on truth comes from God. And when you find that, man, you will find freedom. Absolute truth. Let me pray. Well, thanks again for tuning in. I hope that message encouraged you to love, live, and lead like Jesus, to become a disciple that makes more disciples. That is why Fern Creek Christian Church exists. Hey, while you're already on your mobile device, why don't you go to Apple Store or Google Play and download the Fern Creek Christian Church app today. On the app, You'll be able to see other podcasts we have, just like this one. You'll be able to stay up to date on Fern Creek Christian Church news and announcements. And you'll see events and the church calendar throughout the year. Man, you need to download this app today. I'm serious. Go do it. Hey, I want to take a second to invite you to worship with us on Sunday mornings, either online or in person. We have three services, one at 845 that we call our homecoming service. That features more hymns and southern gospel music. But then we also have two contemporary services at 10 and 1115. If you would like to give to the ministry happening here at Fern Creek, I want you to go online to our website, www.ferncreekcc.org, and click on the big giving tab you'll see on our main page. If you would like to talk more about the message you just heard or you would like to pray with somebody, call us at 502-239-9300. Again, that's 502-239-9300. Or email us at office at ferncreekcc.org. 
Well, if you're not already a member at Fern Creek Christian Church, we want this place to become your home. So with that, hope you have a blessed rest of your week. Grace, peace. See you next time, church.